0: From the Mercy One Studio. Man Up. Brought to you by Construction Professionals. A program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One Studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com, and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app, I am Joe Stoppulos, and today I am joined again by Father Nicholas Akindili, a good friend of mine from the Diocese of Davenport, to discuss the book, The Day is Now Far Spent, by Cardinal Robert Serap let start in a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So if you joined us last week, you, you heard us cover about one chapter. Uh, we did not make it very far. Um, but I, I want to take a quick second. So this book, as I mentioned in the first episode, I'll, just, I'll reiterate a quote from it, which is, in the introduction, Cardinal Sarah says, this book is a cry of my soul. It is a cry of love for God and for my brethren. I owe it to you, to you Christians. He only he is the only truth that saves. The church is dying because our pastors are afraid to speak the truth in charity. We are afraid of the media, we are afraid of public opinion, and we are afraid of our own brethren. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. That's kind of the call. That's how he prefaces the whole book. And then the the chapters he's going to cover throughout this book are the spiritual and religious collapse. Talks about the crisis of faith, the crisis of the priesthood, the crisis of the church. Talks about man belittled. Talks about the hatred of man and the hatred of life. Gets into politics. Talks about the fall of truth, moral decadence, and bad political habits. Uh, so that's a really interesting stuff, uh, living in America. just He talks about all these themes in Africa, Europe, in the, in the West, in America. And then he ends it with hope. What can we do? Uh, what can we do going forward? So we will continue to explore the themes of this book. Uh, stick around, and Father Nicholas will be back with me for part two when we get back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. Cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio, in Christ is the Answer, with Father John Ricardo, is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grace Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers-to-go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. My
1: help comes you.
0: You're right here, we need to be showing everyone you know the the, the cultures going one way, we need to go the other way. well, after the crisis of faith, Cardinal Sarah moves on to the crisis of the priesthood uh, and mm. you'd already have have alluded to this um he talks about the sex scandal, he talks about cel- celibacy he talks about a lot of other things. I'll turn it over to you uh in the overarching uh message of the Christ of a that the Cardinal Sarah talks about. Is there anything that sticks out to you?
1: Uh, yeah, he said, you know, a priest who does not have Jesus in the heart can give nothing. It's simple for everybody to see. You see, when uh, the priesthood is a lived experience of the witness of Jesus today in our world, the priesthood, when People saw Jesus and lived with him and heard his word. They said he was different from the other rabbis, from the other teachers, because he taught with authority. The priesthood, moral authority, conviction, from a shared experience, experience of having a friendship, a personal friendship with our Lord Jesus Christ. That personal friendship comes with a, from life of contemplation, Before the blessed Lord, for the heart of a friend to open to the other, one giving, the other receiving. The imperfections and the humanity of the life of a priest is understood by Christ himself, who is our friend as priest. And all our business as priest is to bring others into our own brothers and sisters, into that fellowship and friendship with Jesus Christ. I told parishioners in one of the parishes I served recently, I am not here to make friends to myself. If with the ministry of my life here, we become friends only because you have embraced the friendship with Jesus, then it's okay. But you know, if you don't ever become a friend of Jesus, we may never ever become friends. And I told I said, I said it also. <laughs> you know what? I am not here to serve you like people will say. We are here to serve you. I'm going to serve you well. No, 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 no. no. That's political. I'm only here to serve God in your midst. And in the process of serving God, then I will be led to serve you because it is only Christ who teaches me how to serve you. I can, my relationship with you, with parishioners as a priest, has a medium. Christ is that medium. Christ gives me the souls that are in my parish. Christ leads me to see and perceive what the souls need, and I have to you know, live to give to them what, because He is the eternal shepherd. He said in Ezekiel, if you do not take care of my flock, I will lead them myself. And that's why in the final time, Jesus himself became the shepherd, the good shepherd. But he gives us a great privilege, the greatest of all privileges, to call us to help him in leading and shepherding the flock. But I tell you, we're not going to lead just by the side. We're going to lead from the front, showing what prayer means, showing what adoration means. Showing what a life of sacrifice and dedication is. Showing what it means to live heroically. And knowing that it is God or nothing. If we do not believe that Christ is sufficient, then we turn to power. And so that is why today, the church is not moving in the direction of holiness, but management. Holiness is the point where we need to go to. Be ye holy. For oh, I am God, your God is holy. Holiness is beautiful. Holiness is joy. Holiness is infectious. Holiness is attractive. We must go back to our vocation of holiness.
0: He actually, that, that theme that you mentioned there is mm-hmm. throughout the book. He talks about the, the importance of, for the priest to put himself above the parishioners in, in one respect. Obviously, it's a servant um, mentality, but. Their, their prayer life and their relationship with Jesus has to come first. Uh, he mm. uses a quote from Charles uh, Borromeo. It says, You will not be able to care for the souls of others if you let your own wither away. Ultimately, mm. you will no longer accomplish anything, not even for others. You must have, make, you must have time for yourself so as to be with God. And, and Cardinal Sarah talks so often, often about how priests cannot lose their prayer life. And you mentioned it in that last comment about whether it's adoration or, or silent prayer or whatever it is, the priest needs to be the model for the parishioners. And, you know, I, I had an experience recently where I was at a parish, uh, not, not the one I go to is just in town here. And I was randomly there kind of throughout the morning for something. And I saw the, pr- I interrupted the priest twice on accident. I walked into the, into the parish. I needed the lights turned on for something. Well, as I'm doing that, he's walking around the, the inside of the church silently praying. So I just kind of, I just randomly happened to walk in to the church at this time and he was in there praying. Well, obviously to me, he's modeling. This is where he needs to be. He's, he's Mm -hmm. praying. And then later on that day, I needed to go grab a broom or something from the the parish off or the, you know, parish hall. And there he is saying a rosary as he's walking around Mm the parish hall. He's Mm -hmm. modeling prayer for his parishioners. I think if our priests are all, you know, priests of prayer, that, that flows into the into the laity. When we see that, when we see that model, what that does for us, uh, I mean, I, I just it gets me on fire. Uh, it gets me excited to say, "Gosh, this is the example that's being set for me by our, by the pastors." You know, I need to live up to that.
1: Right. You, you know, Saint Alphonsus uh, de Liguri, uh, Marie de Liguri, he actually said, he say, speaks to us as priests. He said, and nuns also say, "No, you will probably gain more." By praying fifteen minutes before the blessed sacrament than by all the other spiritual exercises of the day. So that is it. Look, the flesh has nothing to offer. It is the spirit that gives life. The spirit that gives life. The spirit, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is runs through all our sacramental life. Runs through the liturgy, the liturgy of the word, the liturgy, the holy hours, adoration, the rosary, contemplative time. silence. Because if the world is so, so noisy, the priest must not allow himself to be caught up in that noise. We must come back, have opportunities for mental prayer, have opportunities for retreat, and I mean retreat. Go to confession regularly. Have a stable uh, spiritual director who will help us. You know, we can take to him or her, you know, our own goals, our anxieties, our difficulties in our ministry. This is the path, and it has, it has never failed for once. It has never failed. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify society. It's a principle of life. The misery that we can fall into is to think that we are powerful orators. The misery can be that we feel that we are great organizers or we are great fundraisers or we are great architects or builders. Wow! That's a crisis of faith. 15 minutes before the Blessed Sacrament can do much more for a parish than a whole month of organizing programs and activities and running all around, making strategy meetings. I tell you, pastoral planets that do not, you know, the, and, and the Eucharist. The Eucharist has been, we are told, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the canons of the, of, of, it is it must receive the highest adoration. Can you beat a parish Live being a parish for fifty years and not one day of adoration has ever taken place in that parish. Fifty years, and yet we speak of the fact that we do not have vocation. <laughs> but that is the, that is the aftermath effect. Jesus Himself spoke uh, to um, this Benedictine priest. I'm sure you've seen this book, in Sinu Jesus." He said, "If there are so few, if there are so few priests." In certain places, it is above all because those that are there have forsaken me in the sacrament of my love and no longer live in my friendship. Let every priest present himself as a friend of Jesus and his ministry will soon take on the efficacy and fruitfulness that characterize that of St. John, St. Paul and my first apostles. The friend speaks with the authority that only experience can confer.
0: So you hit on a few of the points I'm about to hit on here, uh, which yes. is he now goes from the prices of priesthood to the church. You kind of alluded to some of these with the crisis of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm only to page 89, but we'll go from here. Uh, the, it says, people will have nothing to do with a church that is a party, a club, or a freethinker's society. We already have more than enough human institutions of that sort. The church is only of interest because it is the church of Jesus Christ. And he goes on, this is about 20 pages later in the same chapter, he says, when Catholics and Orthodox found themselves in the same gulags, so he's talking about ecumenical uh, relations, when the Catholics and the Orthodox found themselves in the same gulags, they prayed together, witnessed the faith together, and sometimes shared the same sacraments it is pointless to deny the profound differences that separate us. And here he's talking about from the Protestants. Our faith in the the Lord's real presence in the Eucharist and our fidelity to the Mass as the renewal of the sacrifice of the cross, our faith in the sacramental character of the priesthood require us to be truly consistent. It is impossible for a Protestant to receive communion during Holy Mass. That would have no other meaning but to express a kind of sympathy for the Eucharist must not be manipulated just to signal good human relations. That's a very specific point to a much broader point that I want to make, which is the church needs to stand for something. You don't stand for something, you'll stand for nothing. Mm. And if we truly believe in in the real presence, if we truly believe in the things that we're talking about, we shouldn't be watering them down, as he says here, manipulating them just to signal good human relations. The Protestant friends I know who are into their faith, oftentimes will comment to me, is like, I think it's great that I can't receive Eucharist at, at the Catholic Church because that means it means something to you guys. Because if it didn't, it doesn't mean anything to you. Um, and I think that when we talk about that, when we talk about the Catholic faith, we need to uphold it and be, be proud of it and to fully understand. And also it. also, it should show the people in the, in the pews. If people in the pews understood what they were coming up for, and if they knew they had mortal sin on their soul, and if they if they had mortal sin in their soul, they couldn't receive the Eucharist. And you can, if you if you knew all this stuff and you acted it out, how much more fervent would the church be? We wouldn't have a crisis of the church if we stood up for what the church actually believes.
1: Yeah, you know these are very very valid points you you just made there, and I'll put it in this way: like I said before, there has been an abuse of the pulpit, an abuse of the preaching of the word, do not forget that the word is the incarnate word that took flesh in the womb of the blessed mother. So that word that has not been preached truthfully, candidly, with courage, with boldness, is that same word that took flesh in the womb of the blessed mother, Jesus Christ. That is the word that said it is finished on the cross and said, let their sins be forgiven because they do not know what they are doing. So there's, there's, that connection is there. And that is the word that we celebrate every time we go for the Eucharist. So if the word is not preached effectively from the pulpit and point in the direction of the Eucharist, which is the consummation of that word, which is the fulfillment and realization of the word of God. And remember, Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11, He said, my word does not return to me void, just like the rain does not come to the ground without wetting the floor. That is the word, the Eucharist, that comes to us, the greatest gift, the grace and truth and glory of God, the eternal high priest of God. So when all this is not really presented well, people cannot get it. When we take our kids, To CCD classes, when we take our kids to religious ed, and all they hear is the subjective faith, and I use faith in a general sense here, the subjective faith of the religious education director, or just explanation of saying, you know, when I was having my own first communion, you know, one nun said we shouldn't chew it, and and just makes a joke and platitude around it. And you bring them, seven-year-old, eight-year-old. And then a kid gets back home and says, Mom, why is it that they did not give us the wine? You already know that this kid, does not then the mother also, pasted it maybe on Facebook and doesn't even know. It just comes to Facebook and says, My son said, you know, why is it that they did not do the wine? Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist come forth and say, okay, you are doing the wine today, you are doing the bread today. Are those not exactly signs that there's no faith in the real presence? Why is it that at the end of the day, the peer review mechanism, was it a peer research, you know, uh, here in America, says 70% don't even believe in the real presence? It's a great, great crisis. But, if we are talking of today, it started way, way back. The abuse the preaching of the word of God. Our Protestant brothers and sisters, they have a vibrant, vibrant preaching of the word. We, however, have the Eucharist, but our people cannot connect the, the word of God and the Eucharist that they receive because the word of God is probably very shallow. So, it's like somebody dating but never consummates the marriage, you know, or, you know, after, you know, consummates the marriage. So, so you have the word. Yeah. People are doing, you know, having courtship and all that. But, you know, after marriage, that marriage ought to be consummated. The consummation of the marriage, you know, is the, you know, the peak of a relationship. That's the peak of the relationship. That's where the Eucharist comes from. So the word of God has been adulterated and washed down. And so people just see wherefore. When they go to church, and that's also leading to the point where you have someone say, "You know, give me my Eucharist. I just have a right to my Eucharist." If you know that truly, truly, the Eucharist we have a right to it as members of God's household, but there's no right right to it. We must still submit in it as a full gift given to us by Jesus Christ. Antichrist is a problem. The word of God has not been preached. People have not been taught about the youth and who will teach if nobody has been sent.
0: Yeah, I, I agree 100% on the, on the teaching. We need to have people understand. I think when they start to understand the reasoning, people are more willing to to at least go along with what the church is teaching. I think most people just haven't even made an attempt. I think it's starting mm. to switch now with, with new media. But yep. you know, Cardinal Sarah in the book continues to talk about about preaching and about the role mm. of preaching. And mm. this is a... um. As obviously, the show is man up. I love this line he had here. Um, just, again, I think if we had preaching like this, uh, it would, ch- would change a lot of people in the pew. It says, routine is a terrible threat. Above all, it prevents us from going against the current. Nothing great can be accomplished with men of routine who have settled for mediocrity once and for all. The Lord is merciless to the lukewarm. And then mm-hmm. he goes on to say, there's one problem that no structural reform will resolve. And that is ignorance of God. This goes on to what you just said. Uh, Lukewarmness, the rejection of evangelical requirements, uh, the loss of the sense of sin, attachment to money, they all have a common root in the loss of a sense of God. The degradation of the liturgy to a spectacle, negligence in liturgical celebrations and confessions, the spiritual worldliness uh, are only symptoms of the problems. The structures or institutions... That are not are, those are not the things in crisis, but rather our faith and our fidelity to Jesus. again, if we were to talk about this, the ignorance of God, that is the root
1: that mm-hmm. is the root
0: of all this stuff. Everything we're talking about comes from one thing, that's the ignorance of God. and he goes on to talk about again lukewarmness, you know our requirements to do evangelical work, our loss, the loss of a sense of sin, how important is that And att- attachment to money, especially here in the West, it's these things are all fr- fruit of the same tree, and that's just that we've given up. Uh, and we've we've just given into the world's easy button uh, and lost, we, we have ignorance of God and we've lost all the things that come along with it. We are having a conversation with Father Nicholas Akindili. Man Up will return on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio on Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about PharmaTan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother Knights to keep standing for their faith. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks again to Father Nicholas for part two of our discussion on the day is now far spent. A few things that we didn't get to. Again, there's just this book. I can't tell you how many quotes. It was, it was annoying, quite frankly, to to have to write down all the highlighted parts I had because all the highlighted parts I had add up to pages and pages and pages of, pages of notes. Uh, one of the ones we didn't talk about was on page 111. talking about the Eucharist. It says, we have desacralized The Eucharistic Celebration. We have transformed the Eucharistic Celebration into a folklore exhibition, a social event, an amusement, insipid dialogue between the priest and the Christian community. Lay people sometimes claim a ministry at Mass, so as to feel that they are taking part and actively involved. But let us reflect on the nature of active participation of Mary and St. John at Golgotha. They were there, silently allowing themselves to be penetrated, imbued, and Shaped by the mystery of the cross, I think it's so important that you know. So often, myself included, I think, well, I've got to be a part of the mass. I've got to do something. And how often do we put ourselves in the place of Saint Mary, Mother Mary, and Saint John at Golgotha? Uh, and then he talks about a little piece of, of hope that he has. He says, "I've seen many Catholics participating daily, not only in Eucharist but in the Liturgy of the Hours. These families restore God to His rightful place. They are building their lives on the f- only firm foundation." They are the hope of the church. I think it's true. I mean, I look around, especially in Des Moines. uh, There are so many great Catholic families, uh, and we have reason for hope. We do have reason for hope. Uh, And the more we as parents, as brothers, sisters, as we turn to God and are the example to those around us, the more hope we will have. Thank you again for joining me on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stoppules. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.